If you're able to stand, would you stand for the reading of the Word of God? And you may be puzzled at first why on the Sunday after Christmas this is a text, but I think it will become apparent to you uh, during the message. From 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and this is normally read at funerals, but it should be read all the time. Beginning with verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality, so that when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass saying, the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I ask you to hold in mind the words that the trumpet will sound? And the dead will be raised. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of your saint, the Apostle Paul, as he teaches us a deep, deep truth that all people need to know and to recognize. Amen. Well, I don't know if you can believe everything you read in the papers or read on Google, but one of the things I read recently regarding Christmas is that after Christmas is over, there's a lot of unfinished business, and primarily for so many, there's the unfinished business of paying off the debt that you incurred because of Christmas. Now, that's not true of me. Everybody knows that I am so stingy. I am so close with money that when I get a penny, I squeeze it till Lincoln gets a nosebleed. (laughs) But, uh, But I do want to emphasize today that my message is about the unfinished business of Christmas, and it has nothing to do with you paying off MasterCard or whomever it is you've got to pay off next week. But it's a, it's a very important lesson. You know, we begin the Christmas season. Christmas is the uh, second season of the Christian year. Advent's first, then Christmas, and then those follow. And, and yet, I want to say that the Christmas message is a message that is about beginnings. It is the place where your salvation and my salvation has its beginning. When God made the decision to send Jesus into the world, he sent the only way we could be saved. 
The Jews had tried it all. They'd kept the law and they'd worked. They never kept it. None of us ever kept it. We're all sinners, aren't we? I certainly know I am. You know, you can point my faults out and I can point to you even graver faults in my life. Anybody who looks in their heart knows that's a reality. As Spurgeon said, that, that when we reach the point that we realize how wicked we are, we are then in the right place. Isn't that a funny way to look at it? You know, people say, I only want to appear good. No, to face the reality we need, the reality that we need, God's grace, and God's grace came into the world at Christmas. And that begins the process, doesn't it? In Jesus' life, the process begins for our redemption. The, the process of, of the testimony of him growing up, I want to look at that marvelous trip he made to the temple at some point in 2019, if I live that long. And a powerful lesson, but we watch him grow up and we watch him begin his ministry at the age of 30 or so. And we, we hear the teachings unfold about what the kingdom of God is like and what the walk in Christ is like. And we read those and then we come up to... to uh, a Lent where we begin to reflect on, on his going to Jerusalem and to the cross. And then, then we come to that uh, beautiful evening on Thursdays here when we always gather as the disciples did on that very night so long ago. And we share in the Lord's Supper. That's a special night. And then with the church darkened on Friday night, we remember him going to the cross. Him going to the cross. And we remember him dying for our sins. And then we remember him being raised from the dead that Easter morning. That's always a great day, isn't it? When we celebrate that not only did he overcome sin and death, for himself and in himself, he overcame it for all. That ought to fill your heart with joy. So the Christmas story is the beginning. But I want to talk today about the real finishing of the Christmas story. We come to faith in Christ and, and we appropriate who he is. And we, we receive him into our hearts as Lord. And at that moment we are saved. But there's more to come. More to come. You know, as a minister, I am very much aware that some of you are dealing with lots of things in your life, and some of them aren't easy. We've got people in this congregation dealing with serious diseases and, and trying to, to, to cope and to deal with that and, and seek whatever healing the world offers and the healing the Lord offers. And, and we've got people here that have got issues in their marriage that they're trying to work through, and, and they're worried about they've got issues with their children, you know. If your child loves the Lord and serves Him, rejoice. If you've got a child that's not our grandchild, pray for them. So, but we have these things to deal with, and it seems like, I'm sure for sometimes, that we almost feel overwhelmed. Do you ever feel that way? So much going on, you almost feel overwhelmed. You know, as pastor, I've 
I've seen a lot of saints in this church called home to glory, and, and I rejoice for them, but, but you know, my heart still grieves for them. That's the way it is, isn't it? There's, there's something incomplete in a life, it seems like, when, the, when one of those saints uh, passes out of this world to the next. We deal with those things. We deal with disappointment in, in jobs. We deal with all those things. I remember talking to the dear old missionary under whose preaching I was convicted of my sins and led to see Jesus Christ as the only hope I had. I remember him. You know, the person that, that uh, God uses to bring you unto salvation is always a very special person, isn't it? My oldest brother was led to the Lord through his son. He didn't raise that boy in church, but that God has his sovereign plan, and, and that boy got saved. And, and this brother I'd prayed for for over 20 years. Prayer works, friends. I'd prayed for for over 20 years. I never reached him for the Lord, but his son in the kitchen ta- at the kitchen table in his father's home led him to Christ, and he accepted the Lord and believed. He loved that boy always, but he would tell you, he's told me, that I loved him all the more because the thing I most desperately needed, he led me to. You just have a special feeling for those. Maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your father, maybe it's a preacher, maybe it's a teacher. You have a special love. Oh, they mean so much to you. But when they pass on, it leaves a hole in your heart, doesn't it? Now, all of you know the great affection I had for Roy Lee Cobb. He was a dear friend. I've kicked myself in the backsides for not going by to see him more often. You ever done that about people? But friends, I tell you, do not ever fall into despair. This old preacher I was telling about that led me to the Lord, he, he was looking out over, over the, our world, and, uh, and uh, Renee and I were talking this morning earlier about, about the sad circumstances of our nation, and, and it is in a bad place, and, but I will always remember what my old friend said. He said, if I did not know that God was sovereign and that he was coming again, I would fall into despair. But because I know he is in control, and not only that, that he's coming again, I'm filled with hope and peace. And that's what I want to share with you this morning Whatever your circumstances, and I, I wish I had the power to keep you from ever having to walk through any kind of difficulty in this world, but I don't, and no human being does. In fact, I really believe that it's through walking through our hard times that we receive the power and assurance of God in ways we don't in good times. But if I could, I would. It grieves me to see any of my fellow servants suffer, to hurt, 
to be in pain. But I want to tell you this this morning. Christmas has some unfinished business. Now, our salvation was accomplished on the cross. That was finished for all they believe. But, but in, in the world, there is yet an unfinished part of Christmas. For you see, the Christmas is, a, is of one fabric from beginning to end with regards to the Lord. What does Paul say? You know, Paul had seen brothers and sisters killed. In fact, he confesses earlier in this same letter to the Corinthians, a great letter, that he's the least of the apostles because he persecuted the church. He's seen that suffering, and he knew the suffering was going to increase. The suffering of Christians increased tremendously after the death of the apostles. He knew that. He knew the world hated the gospel. And yet, he sees the victory. He sees the victory. You know, there are, there are um, three clear accounts of the ascension of the Lord uh, in the Gospels. Uh, two of them are in Matthew and in Luke, and then we forget the one in Acts. And the one in Acts uh, is very powerful. We need to remember what it says. And, and, and the disciples are told that the ascension of the Lord, when he was taken out of this world in a cloud to be back with the Father, he said, the, the, an angel said to them, don't stand here and just look around and marvel. This same Jesus, who you have seen depart, will, what? Return in a like manner. And that will be the completion of the Christmas story. It will be the finishing of what began in the manger. That Jesus is coming again. The church sometimes today forgets that. We think that old oh, times will get bad and they'll go on and on. But they don't go on and on. Not according to the Bible. You see, in the Bible, history has a beginning. And the Lord God spoke to the depths and he created, right? It has a beginning. And the spiritual salvation has a beginning. It was in God from the beginning. You know, God was not taken surprise when we sinned. God was not taken surprise when the world was wrong. But from the very beginning, God had a plan to redeem the world. And that was not to bring about our social justice. That was to bring about his justice. That was not to bring about our plan, but to bring about his plan. And his plan is Jesus, born in a manger. Suffered and died under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified, dead, and buried. And arose again. God's plan. And God's plan for you. But that is not the end of the plan, is it? The end of the plan is that at some point a trumpet will sound. It will sound. And it will be heard by all the people in the world. Christ's return will be seen by every person in the world. It will be seen by those living and those dead. Christ's return is the finishing of the story. And, and every knee is going to bend and every head will be bowed. And this is what the Bible says. And every tongue will confess. 
The people who have rejected him, who have not heard the gospel, who have not believed in God's plan, they're going to fall on their faces and knees just like the rest. And, and they're going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, but it's going to be from the depth of sorrow in their souls. Sorrow that it is now too late for me to inherit the glorious blessing that was given through God's grace in Jesus Christ. They'll be weeping as they confess, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, the sorrow of it. I have missed it. I am lost forever and ever. They're going to confess it. These people that you witness to that are so hard to get them to hear you, oh, I weep for them because the day will come unless they hear the gospel. Crushed. All this evil and injustice in the world is going to be brought to an end. The forces of Antichrist, which are already at work in this world to lead people astray, to damage lives, to hurt people, will be done away with and judged and cast into the pit of fire. But those who have loved Jesus, those who know their sinners, those who know that, that he is their only hope, those who have been troubled in this world by their sins and the sins of others against him, they'll look up and they'll see him coming and they'll confess, Jesus, my Lord, my God, you've come for me. And all that stands against the truth of Christ be destroyed. And even more than that, you know, the book of Revelation uh, at the finished business of Christmas, this is one I, I've watched you cry. I've watched you weep. I've watched you struggle. Tears flowing down for noble causes and concerns. Listen. The book of Revelation says that Christ himself will wipe away every tear from your eye. Now, what does that mean? That means that he is going to remove the cause of sorrow and sadness out of your life forever and ever. I rejoice at the beginning of Christmas, don't you? The babe in the manger. I love to look at the little eyes of the children. They take on a special glow this time of year. Mom and Daddy may be sitting there sweating. I know that child wants that bicycle. I'm going to get it on how I pay for it. But I'm gonna... Thus, the joy in their little faces. Oh, but dear friends, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of God's business of redemption for you and me. The real finish of that business. The real completion of that gift is when, and I know not when the hour, these preachers that can predict when the Lord's coming, they know more than Jesus. Don't pay any attention to those people. I remember a preacher back in Bristol, Tennessee said, the Lord's coming back on October or some date in October. 
Somebody asked his wife, says, well, does he really believe the Lord's coming back? She says, I don't know. He was digging potatoes yesterday. If you think the Lord's coming back, you're not digging potatoes. You, don't, you know you're not going to need those potatoes anymore. You're going to have the bread of heaven. You don't need those potatoes. I don't know when he's coming back. I do believe the hour is getting close. I really do. But I do absolutely know that he is coming back. Now, anyone that studies the, the events prior to Christmas will look in confidence for that because when you look at, at the Bible, all the prophecies and promises made hundreds of years before Jesus was born were, were accomplished. You can take the Bible and study them. Go back and read Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and, uh, and Hosea and what they prophesied about Christ, and, and you'll see it was fulfilled. All of them fulfilled, but one. And that one, I sure you will be fulfilled when Jesus said, I am coming again. So whatever state your life is in, if you're in despair, if you're troubled, if you're worried, just remember that God is sending the Lord back to you to receive you unto himself and that all your troubles will be resolved. Jesus is coming again. Did you hear me? Jesus is coming again. Oh, I'm excited about that. You know, I, I look forward that, you know, all of us still carry the old man in us. We have to crucify him, Paul says. A whole lot of attitudes and things in my life. I want out. Try and get them out. Turn them over to the Lord. But won't it be wonderful? I won't ever have to worry about those again. I won't ever have to worry about the sin of anger that wishes malice on people. I won't have to worry about that anymore. I won't have to worry about the temptations of the flesh. I won't have to worry about any of those things anymore. I'll be free of them. Now, I'm free of the penalty now. I'm forgiven. But it still aggravates me. Does it aggravate you? It does me. It, it causes me concern. I lose sleep at night over it. Do you? Just want that old man out of me all the way so people look at me, the only thing sees Jesus, but I'm nowhere near that place yet. But the day's coming. I will be. Glorious day. I won't have to worry about dying. Don't worry much about dying now, but I don't have to worry about the dying process. That's gone. I won't have to worry about people oppressing others. The power of oppression will be taken from them. I won't have to worry about my Christian brothers in the Middle East being persecuted and, and killed because God's going to bring that to an end and he'll punish those that do the evil. I don't have to worry about it because Jesus is coming again. And I want to tell you this morning, if you believe in Christ, if you belong to him, you don't have a thing to worry about either because Jesus is coming again. And when he comes for you, it's all going away. Christmas business finished when Jesus comes.
again. Hallelujah. The ancient church closed off its worship services with the Greek words Marianta, which means come quickly, Lord Jesus. That ought to be the prayer on every believer's heart because we look forward with that expectation. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.